Let's shift the paradigm to prioritize our peace and focus on the positive while creating balance to make living our best life the ultimate goal. We'll talk boundaries, self-care, mental health, and overcoming obstacles. You'll hear interviews and fresh perspectives to support you along the way. Let's elevate the conversation and level up our self-growth game. This is the Peace of Me podcast. What you're about to listen to is an episode that honestly exceeded my expectations. Hi friends, I'm Lexi Lee. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're not new, then welcome back and thanks for coming back to the podcast. Now, a few months back, you might remember Tess from Completely Golden had joined the podcast to talk about manifestation and sound healing. And when we recorded that episode, she had recently returned from her first trip to Costa Rica. And in it, she opened up about her process of manifesting her man and introduced this mystery man a little bit. Now, I remember when Tess shared the excitement of manifesting her man during a workshop she had hosted at the end of summer on her East Coast tour. And I attended that class, and I also remember the smile that came across her face when she referenced him. Things were still new, but clearly she had an amazing connection with a special guy. Now, Tess and I recorded her episodes shortly thereafter, and she opened up in that episode about what this guy was like and how they'd met. And I think it was safe to say she'd found the one. Now, I was following Tess on her Instagram page at Completely Golden and seeing all these amazing pictures of Costa Rica. Here she was in this beautiful jungle, hosting workshop retreats, living her best life, and falling in love. Now, fast forward a bit, and I noticed in some of her stories on Instagram and her posts that she was spending some time alone and that she said she felt anxious. So something told me things were not going well after all. Things had changed. So shortly thereafter, Tess decided to share with her followers that her man was a test. They broke up. And I immediately felt so heartbroken for her. Here she had traveled back to Costa Rica from LA to spend time with him and build on their relationship. So Tess and I had exchanged a few messages and she said she wanted to come back on the podcast and share a full circle experience from manifestation to growing through the breakup. And I love all that she's about to share with you in this episode. It's an incredible perspective on the breakup. And honestly, like I said before, I think this is one of those conversations. It's not just going to help you if you're going through something, but it can help someone else you know. Now, when I recorded Tess for this episode, she was still in LA, but packing up and getting ready to move. She's about to go on the ultimate adventure. She's getting ready to leave LA and move to Costa Rica. Now, she's been in the process of purging and selling clothes, furniture, kitchen items, and even her car. And all she's taking with her are two pieces of luggage and her sound bowls. Now, Tess told me after we stopped recording that in the Costa Rican dialect, they say con gusto, which means with pleasure. Now, having Tess back on the podcast was an absolute pleasure. And I know that you guys will really enjoy hearing what she has to say. So let's take a listen. Hi, Tess. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be back on. 
I'm excited you're back on too. And the last time that we talked to you here on the podcast, um, we talked a little bit about manifestation and you shared um, a little bit about sound healing and some other things that I referenced in the introduction to this episode. But one of the other things you really did um, that you were, you know, brave enough to share with us is about how you manifested a man. But things have changed a little bit since the last time that we talked to you. And you have this incredible story that I think the listeners are really going to appreciate. Uh, so why don't you kind of tell us what's happened since the last time that we talked to you? Yeah. So the last time in the last episode, I had gone to Costa Rica and hosted a women's retreat in Nosara. And on that retreat, I, well, I'll start with this point of the recap that two days into the retreat, I had decided that I wanted to move to Nosara, Costa Rica, that I was feeling really done with LA at that point and was actively looking for where is this next space. And I know that I need to have a lot of nature. I want to feel warm and connecting with my Latin heritage, go to Costa Rica and it checked all of these boxes and more. And so by day two, I had solidified. I think I had even told my mom, like, you know, I think this is it. I think I found the place where I want to move. Day three of the retreat, we take all of the women to a waterfall hike. And on that waterfall hike, I met what I thought was my man. And it was a very immediate connection, attraction on multiple levels, more than physical. And it kind of felt like we were magnets, like that moment that we first made eye contact with each other, we just were together. And I spent the whole, pretty much my whole time that week of the retreat with him uh, during all of our free time, because in the afternoons is everyone can do what they want to do in the days. And then I actually went back to Costa Rica again a few weeks later and spent another week with him. And this whole time, it was really sinking into this, this future kind of projection, I'll say, of everything that I've been wanting. I had been calling in my divine partnership for, I mean, probably my whole life, but definitely over the last three and a half years, I have been exclusively single and not necessarily by choice. There was maybe a year within that three and a half years where I was like, you know, I really, I'm getting out of a relationship. I'm just going to focus on me. But the last two and a half, I was really wanting to have a partner and it was just nothing. I was, there were no prospects, no dates, like literally nothing. And so I meet this man and I keep manifestation lists on my phone and in my journals and I was reviewing them and I was just like, oh my God, like th this is the man that I've been calling in and I've done so much work in my life that he's finally here. And that connection was so strong and so instant and his reflection of this was mirroring what I was experiencing. It wasn't like my old relationships where I was wanting it to be something more than it was and um, kind of doing the chasing and of an avoidant partner. Every step of the way, he was right there, very expressive with his feelings and what he was wanting. And we had built this future projection of me moving to Costa Rica, which I had already decided that I wanted to do. So that was an easy decision. And moving in with him, we started to look at land. We were talking about how to join our businesses together to be hosting nature immersion retreats. And it just seemed almost too good to be true, which 
it ended up being too good to be true. So the whole relationship was three months long. And this point is really important because since the breakup, I have been hearing that it's really difficult for people to maintain a facade for longer than three months that we all in dating and friendships and work relationships, we all put our best foot forward. And that's a very natural thing to do. I mean, we want to be the best version of ourselves. And so we put that in the forefront. But after around the three month mark, we just literally become exhausted. We can't maintain that facade and our real selves tend to come out. And so this three month mark is the most common time when relationships end, when job relationships end. And so for me, it wasn't really a a shock. By the time that the breakup came, I was not surprised. And that's because toward the end of the relationship, the communication really started to go. It was turning into us talking less and less, him saying that he would call at certain times because at this point I was in LA and he was in Costa Rica and I, he wouldn't call at the time that he said, and I wouldn't hear from him for like four or five hours later. And for me, reliability is really important, but also it's kind of a red flag when one's actions and their words don't align. So I'm really paying attention to this and decide to very clearly express the boundary in my need for reliable communication. And we have a whole conversation about it and he's really on board and, and apologizes and identifies that he's not happy with the way that he's been handling it. But there were just so many factors in his life at that moment that he was feeling a little overwhelmed. And so then I also made a concession that, well, maybe all of this is moving too fast. I still want to move to Costa Rica, but maybe I move into my own apartment instead of moving in with you immediately. So looking at both sides of the relationship and how can we be comfortable together. So that was that was kind of where it had landed. And I bought my ticket to go back for a two-week trip where I was going to look at apartments. I had made connections with different resorts and bed and breakfasts and to begin that work connection process, Mm -hmm. as well as connecting with an accountant and looking at cars and all of the logistics of actually moving to a different country. So I had bought that ticket and was preparing, but in his promise for better communication, it just got worse from there. And so it was four days prior to me leaving for this two-week trip. And I woke up at five o'clock in the morning to a voice note of him breaking up with me, saying that he just couldn't do this relationship. It was too much for him. And he also shared that he was not divorced, which Mm -hmm. is a huge Piece because on our first date, he had shared that he had been divorced for a year and a half and that he had been separated even since 2016. So in, in that receiving of news is a really big lie. And mm-hmm. all of the little pieces throughout the three-month relationship of him maintaining that lie, which are more lies. Um, and my number one red flag, or let's see, my number one deal breaker was lying. And I had expressed this to him. We really did a lot of conscious communication in the beginning, which is why I had felt that it was so aligned because we were really easily expressing our needs and 
we had a whole conversation about what are your deal breakers. And for me, it was lying. Um, I have experienced that in past relationships and I, as a person do not lie. I just, it is part of my integrity and it doesn't matter what the situation is. It just does not feel right to me to do that. Um, because then often you have to do the maintenance of that lie mm -hmm. afterwards as well. And in my experience and witnessing lies always tend to come to the surface anyway. So you might as well have just told the truth. So I received this news via voice note in the wee hours of the morning. And I was not surprised. I, I had felt that it was coming just because of the deterioration of communication between us. And it is, let's see, I want to pause there. Um, so I just give it space. I don't react. There's no reaction from me. In the voice note, he had said, I'll call you this afternoon. We can talk and have a conversation about it. And I have never heard from him since. And it's now been at this point, just over a month. So not only did he break up with me in a voice note, kind of rat himself out on a lie and then ghosted me. Um, so overall, knowing that that was part of him, I am so much better off not having him in my life. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted to continue to show up from a secure attachment place and understanding that I didn't do anything wrong in this relationship. And I can also continue to show up as my highest self. So I didn't reach out to him that day because he had said he would be. The next day, I still hadn't heard. So I called and he didn't answer. I sent a text. Hey, tried to call. Let me know when you're free. Didn't receive an answer. So the following day, I sent my own voice note and I explained like, you know, this really wasn't handled the best way, but it is what it is. I feel a little disoriented because you had told me you were divorced. I wouldn't have gone on a second date with you if I knew you were married. That's just a energetic entanglement. You're not available. And so obviously that's how this ended up. But mm -hmm. I wish you all the best and I wish you all the happiness and success and love in your life. And also I'm still coming to Nosara. I really want to be there. And I just want to let you know that in case we run into each other, it's not a surprise for you. So in that moment, I had really connected to the root of my desire, which was to be in Costa Rica. And while this relationship seemed really great and was maybe more of a catalyst to get me to Costa Rica, because if I had gone on that retreat and, and been there for that first week and fell in love with it and had the desire and intention to move, but not gone back, it might not have actually taken hold. But by having this relationship and continuing to go back to visit, it strengthened my connection and my conviction to be in Costa Rica. I got to know the land more. I got to meet people on my own. And so with this upcoming two-week trip that I had already booked, and interestingly, the tickets were non-refundable and non-changeable, I must have hit the wrong option because I usually always do that just because you never know if you need to change something. And it was like, oh, well, I guess I have to go. Otherwise, I'll lose this ticket completely. So I book an Airbnb, a little treehouse on the beach. And four days later, I'm on a plane to Costa Rica by myself. And the first time I was with a retreat, and so shuttles and all of that was happening in tandem with other women. 
the the following times I was there with him picking me up at the airport and showing me around. And this time was literally by myself. So I had to connect with my own shuttle and I had to figure out how to get from my Airbnb to different places around the area. I had to rent an ATV and learn how to drive an ATV, which I had never done. And that's how I got around the jungle by myself. So there were a lot of different aspects that ignited this sense of strength and power and resiliency in me. And being there again, that time by myself, I was able to redo experiences that I had had with him on my own. And that was really important for me because it, I took back my power in those spaces being taking that waterfall hike where I had initially met him and navigating the jungle and crossing rivers on my own and trying to remember, did I turn this way or did it, was it this way? And not having a guide with me, I had to trust my own instinct. And then finally making it to that waterfall and just screaming out in joy and tears and release that I did it on my own. I did this and I'm so capable of this and and so much more that I feel confident in making this really big life change. Wow. Okay. So obviously I have a lot of things to to say and, and ask you here, but first I just want to say, you know, dating is so hard. You know, it's hard for men, it's hard for women. And it's, it's such a, you know, there's people that are out there that are you know, probably looking to lie and, and kind of looking to do people. And there's people that are really out there to date and hoping to find love and hoping to find the one. And it's, it's such a, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have stories or, um, you know, things they've gone through. It's just such a hard thing to go through. And the fact that, you know, first of all, you have your, your Instagram page, you have this, you know, public internet platform, you have a large following. So, um, you've brought your following with you through this journey. So here you are now going through something very personal and, you know, it's like, you don't even really get that time to kind of process it yourself because it's kind of like out there on the internet world. And now here you are talking about it on a podcast, but, and what I think is so nice about this is your whole perspective. And we talked a little bit about this offline, but how you, how you're seeing this as like lessons learned and, um, you know, just, you know, you were so open to love and I love a couple of things you said. I thought I, I'm like blown away. You said, you know, you had decided to leave him a voice note, you know, and I, th- I think a lot of times too, for women, we don't get closure. You know, there's maybe the guy says, you know, something's going, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to have a final, we'll get together one last time or, you know, and you want to say your piece or whatever. And then you didn't really get that. And, you know, he did leave the one message, but I loved how you kind of took control of this and said, I'm going to leave him a voice note, but you didn't leave him a voice note to be a jerk. You left him a voice note with this really positive message about, listen, I wish you well, wish you everything in the world. But I also like that you took it a step further and said, Hey, I'm going to be in town. So if I run into you, I don't want it to be a surprise. I mean, that just speaks volumes about your character and your integrity, because a lot of people would say, Hey, if I run into you when I'm in town, it's not going to be a good thing. But that's not the way that you're taking this. And I also love that, you know, you have these memories in Costa Rica and you choose to redo those experiences so that they're not memories of him, but, and you're putting yourself, I mean, it's so hard to, I mean, be in a different state, let alone a different country by yourself. You don't know where you're going. You don't know the roads. You don't know the towns. And here you're saying, I don't want my memories to be, you know, what they were. I'm going through this healing process. And, 
I mean, that it takes, it's so hard, especially breakups are hard. Um, it's, it's dating is just not an easy thing to do. So as you're saying all this, I'm just, there's a lot of, you know, good things I think the listeners are going to pick up on, on how to navigate breakups and just how to kind of look at things moving forward. So, um, now you said that he, that the man was a test for you and you kind of talked a little bit about that just now, but what would you say the test really was for you? That is a big question. Um, but I'm happy to talk through that process. So it definitely was a test. Actually, first, before I get into that, I do want to say to, cause you were saying that there are people that are very hopeful and dating. And then there are people that maybe are even looking to lie in dating. And I don't know exactly his intentions, but what I feel and intuit and have decided to believe is that none of this was intentional on his part. And it's just simply a lack of ability to connect with himself and to connect with the truth and vulnerability and all of those different aspects. I don't think that he was actively being malicious in any way and or using me because I don't feel used, but that also is a personal choice. So even if it was his attention to, to use me, feeling used is something that I, I have control over. But to answer your question about him being a test, so I do a lot of my hypnosis work and manifestation processing through a program called To Be Magnetic. And I talk about this a lot on my own channels and in my Substack community and breaking down my own manifestation process. I've been utilizing their program for oh, three and a half years. And at this point, I really, really understand the energetic patterning of manifestation. So this idea of a test is the concept that as you are up-leveling, everything is circling around you in relation to your self-worth, your perceived self-worth. And this becomes a little bit more nuanced because all of this is stemming from your childhood. Our subconscious is being formed in a really big way between the ages of zero to seven years old. And I know that I touched on this in the previous episode as well, but just as a little recap. And the perception of the world that we see now as adults is essentially a printout replica of our subconscious belief system. It is all of the things that we either feel extremely worthy of because we received praise and adoration and um, maybe things came easy to us in that area. And then we also have these shadow areas or areas of shame and limiting belief. And that is because we struggled in those areas or people actually shamed and bullied us or we were belittled by our parents or our family system. So there's a lot going on within the subconscious space. And as we begin to become aware and decide to edit the landscape of this reality, we are essentially up leveling. We are deciding to reclaim our sense of self-worth and change our patterning, change the way that we operate in the world so that we are more in alignment with our highest self. So tests will come in these moments of up-leveling. And for this relationship, I, as I had mentioned very briefly in past relationships, I was dating chronically, chronically dating avoidant people. And I was the chaser. I was the one that was trying to convince them to love me. And if they could only see how great I was, then 
they they would realize and then I would have been able to even save them in a way. Um, but that really indicates a lack of self-worth because we can't change anybody. And me trying to convince someone to love me or to see me is coming from a place of desperation. So this relationship was a really big test in the way that the entire time I navigated from a secure attachment position where I knew that I wasn't doing anything wrong. There was nothing wrong with me. There was no reason that was excusing his behavior that would indicate that I am less worthy, that I am unimportant or, oh, well, it makes sense why he wouldn't call on time because I'm this, that, and the other thing. I really stayed in my high self-worth that I've cultivated over the last three and a half years. And understanding that observation of just really seeing what's happening around me and not responding, not reacting, trusting that things will work through themselves, and also staying in a position of grace and understanding that, okay, I see that this person is really struggling in front of me. And so I don't need to respond to him with accusation or criticism or pity or any of these things. I can really allow him to just move through what he needs to move through. And if he needs to end this relationship, then I completely understand and respect his decision. And so that's the place that I was operating from throughout the relationship. And when it ended, Yes, it's a little disorienting because the reality of the relationship is very different than what I had thought it was. And there have been small moments of how did I not pick up on this or why did I attract this in the first place? But what I keep coming back to was this relationship also was an expander. It expanded my awareness of what is possible for me. It was the first time that I ever felt actually loved and desired and wanted in a relationship. It was the first time that I had experienced someone that had financial abundance and I didn't have to worry about money and I really could sit in my divine feminine power and just receive and be led. And that felt amazing. Um, it was the first time that I had had a partner that actually wanted to dream about the future and what would that future look like? So there were different aspects that were really important for my personal growth in aligning with that highest version of myself that my subconscious needed to experience. And having never had a partner that really wanted me, I had never had a partner that told me they loved me or would look into my eyes and want to hold me. I was always chasing them. So this was the first time that I experienced that. And that is necessary for me to be able to call in the, the most aligned partner for me. So yes, it was a test, but it also was an, an expansive experience. Yeah. And, and you said something else too, that, you know, as I'm listening to this, it's almost like you have, I don't think accountability is the right word, but it, like your perspective is just, it's amazing. Like there's this light you bring to this in what most people would consider as a dark time, you know, when you're going through this healing process and it's, I mean, you even said as in, earlier in your answer, you had, when I'd asked your, uh, made the comment about, you know, when dating, like some people do have ill intentions and some people are looking for love and you don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of like a lottery. And you had said, well, he can't really take advantage of you if you don't allow that. And I thought, wow, you know, there's, there's so much truth to that of, 
you know, what we give to other people, what we allow. And, and there's so much you're sharing already in early in this episode, that's, you know, for people going through any kind of process or difficult time or any kind of, um, you know, relationship struggle, there's just, just a whole different light, this different way to look at this. So, um, thank you for sharing everything you have so far. And you did mention that when you were, uh, in Costa Rica, you'd already made the decision early while you were down there that that's where you want to be. Like it was calling you, that's where you belong. Um, so why did you, I mean, especially with this, with a breakup and the things like that, did that maybe at all alter what you were thinking? And did you ever decide, you know what, I thought it was going to be for me, but now, you know, I don't want to run into him in the, in the town or whatnot. Um, so why did you still decide, you know what, I'm going to be in Costa Rica? Well, it was just after the breakup situation happened. And I, in moments like that, I really turned to myself. And I think in the previous episodes as well, I mentioned that I do a lot of mirror work. And so when things like this come through where I need clarity, I will sit in front of the mirror. And I simply just talk through whatever the situation is, what my emotions are, and get to know what's happening for me. And in that space, yes, I was grieving the loss of this relationship, the loss of this potential of, the, of this future that I had created in my mind, the trajectory that I thought that I was on. But once I went through those feelings, I realized that the actual root of the grief was, was fear that I was losing Costa Rica. And that is what, that awareness is what reconnected me with my strength of like, he can't take that away from me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to move there before I even met him. Hi, I want to quickly interrupt this episode and check in on you. I have a feeling that you want this year to be better than last and you want to be living your best life. Did you know that I wrote a book? Okay. Well, maybe not a book, but it's a journal. It's called the piece of me journal, just like the podcast piece of me. Now, if you've picked up a new planner or a calendar for the new year, did you also pick up a journal? If you want to create healthier habits or focus on self-care, you should also have a journal. If you need an outlet to support your mental and emotional health as much as your physical health, you should have a journal. If your goal this year is to prioritize your own needs, then guess what? Yep, a journal will help. The Peace of Me journal was designed to be a piece of you. Inside are wellness exercises, journal prompts, a goal-setting section, inspirational quotes, and over 100 lined pages of free space to daydream and think. I wanted to help you work through whatever is holding you back so you can keep moving forward, so you can focus on the positive when life makes you negative. Journaling is like a really good face mask, but for your soul. You do it a few times a week and you're going to see and feel the difference. The Peace of Me Journal is available through my website, peaceofmepodcast.com. That's peaceofmepodcast.com. Now, I'll let you get back to listening, but seriously, stop waiting to make yourself a priority and get yourself the Peace of Me Journal. So why would I let some guy that's going to break up with me in a voice note deter me from this place, this land that I feel so connected to and so illuminated by? And because I had the flight already booked and it was non-refundable and non-changeable. I took that as another sign that this is supposed to happen. And I very easily found this, 
tree this um I very easily found this tree house on the beach and it was like $38 a night or something. It was so affordable because I was going in the off season and it just seemed perfect for me to be able to walk out my door, be at the beach, but also be able to walk around the town and have my freedom. And that first day that I got there was the hardest day. It was, I would say the only hard day. I do want to put in with a giant asterisk of importance that I had taken a red eye and I cannot sleep on an airplane at like, it's not possible. So not a single minute did I sleep on that red eye. Mm. And so I was up from 7am the previous morning and the entire day getting on the plane that evening, not sleeping at all the entire flight, landing at seven o'clock in the morning in Costa Rica, followed by a three hour bumpy ride through the jungle, and mm. then an entire full day of that. And I was awake for a total of 40 hours. So that is oh a gosh. very important aspect to why I was feeling the, the severity of the feelings. But I was there so tired. I also hadn't eaten yet. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of like, what did I do? Why did I come here? This is his town. This is where he was born. This is his land. What if he sees me? Is he going to think that I'm here stalking him, that I'm here to try to get him back? And it was so overwhelming that I had to turn to a friend. And I had a long conversation as I was walking through the jungle and just really allowing all of these feelings to come through. And this is a this is an important piece that for anyone that's going through a breakup or a loss of any kind or any discomfort really that you have to feel the entirety of your feelings. You have to really get to that root bottom. And for so much of my life and just the way that I was raised and a lot of people in our society we might feel sad or angry or that sense of grief and despair, but we don't really go to the depths because that is where people tell us that that's scary. Oh, well, you don't want to get down too low. You don't want to start looping around and you're not going to be able to get out of this hole. And so we only allow ourselves to really explore that surface level of emotion. But I was allowing the depths to come through, to come out really crying, really allowing myself to cry to the fullest extent without turning to numb myself on Instagram or Netflix or food or whatever. I was talking through situations. I was taking time with myself and I was really, really feeling. And then once you feel it completely until it's finished, that feeling isn't there anymore. And that actually is the medicine. When we don't fully feel our feelings, that's actually what keeps us in the loop and in the pattern because it's still there. It's still ling lingering and needs to be resolved. So each time that I've felt in this process of this breakup through being in Costa Rica and even after, I let the feeling come through fully. I fully let it come through. And then once it's done, I have this sense of clarity and an ability to let another layer go. So an example is I had that good cry. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be here. Why did I come here? I was in my Airbnb little treehouse, just sobbing. And at the end of that experience, this lightness came through that was like, oh, actually, 
I think I'm ready to delete our entire text message thread. And so I did a once through scroll and just kind of allowed myself to reminisce or listen to my favorite voice notes that we had exchanged. And then I deleted them and it felt like a tether that I had Mm -hmm. let go. And yes, there were still other tethers there, but it was one less thing. And then maybe a few days later, I had another cry, another wave of emotion, or maybe this time it was anger. And I really felt that. And then after, when it was totally complete, I thought, I think I'm ready to delete our pictures. And so I went through my photo album and I looked at all of our pictures, watched the videos, and then I deleted all of them. And from my deleted folder, because that's another trick that people (laughs) will do to stay stuck. Um, But so each time, and then just recently, uh, about four days ago, I had another piece of emotion come up um, after finding out a little piece of information that wasn't communicated by him, but learned elsewhere. And I deleted his contact completely from my phone. And that was kind of the last little tether that I had, at least on my devices, I'll say. So I've never done that in the past. With old relationships, I would re-watch videos and re-listen to voicemails. And all I was doing was re-wounding myself. Mm -hmm. But by actually feeling and releasing that emotion, then I could let one of those tethers go. And I think it's amazing what you're sharing because it's really part of the whole process because it can be so easy because you almost want to hold on to it. You want to go through those texts, the text thread and try to find something in there. You know, did I do something wrong or did I not pick up on something? And, and there's also something very freeing about, you know, you said it took you kind of, you took different steps. It was the texts, it was the pictures and the videos, and then it was the contact. There's something about, you know, when you finally do delete that contact and you delete all the stuff and it's like, it's almost like you get your power back, you know, it's like, it's gone. Cause otherwise and this is something I've learned from other experiences. If you do hold on to those things, it almost is like a museum that you go and you visit and they're like artifacts because they happened in the past and you revisit them. And then it, like you said, it just kind of brings all those feelings back and you go right down memory lane again. And it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like you said, to go into the the deleted items folder and make sure it's really gone. You know, the safety net, they're, they're not coming back, but wow. I mean, to be in that place, but, and I really like too, that you said, I'm not going to let him deter me from what I wanted to do. You know, that at the core of this was that you really did want to, you know, go to Costa Rica. You want to be there and you're not going to let this situation affect what deep down you really want to do. So think, okay. So thinking about moving to another country, which is just so hard in itself. And you are, you're a young woman. It's so exciting. It's intimidating. So how do you find, I mean, I know you've been busy selling items and kind of packing up and getting ready for this amazing move, but how do you really find the courage to do that? I have had years of practice and strengthening trust within myself. And without that, it's really difficult to make big moves, but I trust so implicitly it's even bringing tears to my eyes when I say this because a past version of myself could not have said this I trust myself so much that I know that this move is the correct thing for me because it because it feels that way the intention is there and the intention is strong and I I believe in that and that has only come because of so much work that I have done 
of uncovering who I am, but then actually taking aligned action in trusting myself in, I can say that I trust myself, but do my actions show that I trust myself? And that has taken a lot of practice. And each time that you do that, it strengthens strengthens that muscle. So for anyone who is feeling like, oh my God, I could never do that, that type of thing. One, you have to decide if that's even authentic to you. For for some, for most people, moving to another country probably isn't. But whatever it is that's in your life that you are wanting to take action on, but you're afraid, just begin to explore. You don't need to force yourself to do anything. Just look at all of the pieces. What is this thing that you're wanting? And probably I would expect, because this is how it was for me, I know all the details about this thing that I'm wanting. I've spent so much of my time daydreaming about it, planning, what color is it? What does it sound or look or smell? Like all the facets. That is probably pretty flushed out in your mind. So then the other aspect is to look at why am I not connected with that thing yet? What ways am I keeping myself small? What beliefs am I having about myself? When I think about this thing that I want, what thoughts come to mind? Am I pretty quickly into a negative self-talk pattern? Um, Those things that are coming through, are those actually coming from me or did I hear them from uh, schoolmates or my teachers or my family growing up? I hear it in the media. There's so many layers to just continue to explore. Um, For me, taking these big risks is not new. Uh, This is actually going to be my third time selling all of my belongings. I have never moved to another country. I have always had a very small storage unit of some kind, whether that was keeping things in my old bedroom at my mom's house or the last time it was actually paying for a storage unit for a year before I fully moved to California. Um, I have never sold my car. That feels like the biggest piece uh, because my car, I own my car. I worked really hard to buy and pay off my car. It's a sense of freedom. It's also a, a reliable vehicle that I I am able to navigate my life through. So leaving all of that, this time I am only bringing a standard suitcase to check, my carry-on suitcase and my singing bowls, which is my job. And everything else I am selling or donating because it's not coming with me. I'm not doing a storage unit. I'm not leaving anything with any family members. And it that this feels like the most cleansing that I have done in my life. And it is very liberating to see what items am I actually trying to fit into my checked luggage case and what items did I think that I would never part with. And now I am. And to see the joy on someone's face when they come to the garage sale and find it and and imagining their their joy and happiness with it in their home. So it's a whole process of really tuning into myself and allowing myself to feel those feelings every single step of the way. Now you mentioned that you've gotten rid of your things in the past three different times before, or this is your third time. Two. This is the third. This is the third. So have you ever, I'm just curious, like done that and then looked back and said, Oh, you know what? I wish I didn't get rid of that thing. 
Like, has that ever oh, come yeah. back? Does it? Okay. Yeah. Because I can imagine more the processes. So, yeah. More so with clothes. I'll like, I've had that with certain clothes items where I'm like, oh, I should have had, I should have kept that. I should have <laughs> kept that one thing because that would have been perfect for this. But then it, it allows me a moment of reminiscing of who I was at that time in my life. And that version of me felt okay to let that go at that time. And it's the same exact energetic of going back into the museum that you were talking about, the metaphorical museum. It's like, there's no real point in, in resenting a past choice or lamenting about making a different choice because that's the choice that you made. And in cultivating that trust in you and your decisions, it's just going to weaken that, that connection. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I love that you're, um, you know, you're being honest about that because it, you have to have a little bit of like, oh, I wish I didn't get rid of that one thing. You know, that's the real answer. But, and, and it's, I can totally understand how the, the process is very cleansing and the purging and it's, there is something to be said about decluttering and just getting rid of, of stuff. So only the good stuff is what stays. Um, so my question is, again, we have a lot of listeners that chances are, as they're listening to this, they might be going through something personally themselves. So you've already shared so many tips so far on really how to kind of bounce back after a breakup. Um, you know, you mentioned things earlier. So is there anything else that you haven't shared yet that might help the listeners on how to get to like where you are? I mean, your perspective is amazing right now and, and how you're seeing things. Um, how, like, how do you bounce back? How did you get to this place and what tips maybe do you have for the listeners? Well, what's coming through, which isn't a direct answer to this, but it's a reflection that I've been receiving from other people since this breakup, and actually since my first time being in Costa Rica, but more so now, that people keep saying that I look different, that I look like a different person, that the tone of my voice has changed and is much more grounded and clear and soothing. And It's very curious to me because I'm in maybe the most vulnerable and raw experience within myself ever that sometimes lately I've been feeling a little like the other night I was going into a class to facilitate a sound bath and I had been crying all day long, all day. My eyes, I felt like I was swollen. I was feeling vulnerable. I was maybe not even feeling as talkative as I maybe would have wanted to as the teacher. But having this client come up to me and say, like, what is going on with you? You just look radiant. You're like absolutely beaming. You seem so grounded and confident and clear and strong. And I'm like, wow, I don't feel that way in myself at all. But I'm so glad to hear that. And it's like a little reminder to myself, too. And upon reflection of why I've been hearing that. I think that when we really align with who we are and what is what is meant for us for our our best life, what our soul is craving for, when we align to that, we do become clear and strong and radiant. And the resiliency aspect is I mean, diamonds are formed under pressure, and I know that that is an overused analogy, but A pearl is formed over repetitive circling of sand particles within a shell. So Mm -hmm. 
there is a natural order to this type of energy that we have to move through the discomfort and the pressure and the confusion maybe and the grief and all of the feelings knowing that it's making us stronger even if we don't feel it even if it takes someone else reflecting that back to us but knowing that every time that you choose yourself that you choose your own truth and your your own integrity that you are shifting into a more clear alignment and everyone else will begin to notice that as well until you fully, fully embody and can step into that space. Such a great point. So you're about to go on this new venture, which is so exciting and I'm excited for us to follow you. Um, so when you get there, I mean, what's going to keep you busy? What will you be doing? Are there any retreats in the future? What does that look like? Yeah, I am so excited to also see what comes from this adventure. Um, manifestations are very quick for me in Costa Rica, which just makes me feel like it's even more aligned than I realize. But I am a sound healer. I do sound healing. I also specialize in manifestation and working within the subconscious space. So my intention is to really begin to dive into the nature connection aspect, utilizing the power of the jungle and understanding that so many people are feeling burnt out by society, by technology, by isolation that was formed over the last three years and bringing people together into this abundance of natural energy while connecting with sound healing frequencies and while finding a deeper understanding to the process of manifestation and who we each individually are. So yeah, I will be hosting retreats starting in the spring of 2024 in Nosara, Costa Rica. And I'll be doing private sessions with people who are just on vacation there. I'll be hosting workshops and that could be manifestation, full moon ceremonies, uh, nature, mandala, altar exercises. Um, this is a passion of mine that I've done just on my own throughout the years, but people seem to have such an intense response to them where I will collect different pieces of nature and I'll arrange them in uh, different shapes and color patterns. And it's really, it is an altar making space. It's a time of quiet where I am just in reflection and really in that flow zone of focus and meditation and connecting with that frequency of nature, which I think in my opinion, we are all deeply lacking. So I would love to see anybody that is feeling called to the come to the jungle because your wildest self, it just comes out. It's amazing. You can't keep it in. By the end of a week, you are different person. You are illuminated and ignited and divine feminine power is just radiating from, from you. It's amazing to see. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be booking my, uh, my flight here soon. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so in closing, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners today or any parting words or advice? I would just encourage you to, if you are someone that tends to put blame on yourself 
and to think, uh, what did I do wrong in this situation? Or this is something that I deserved or any of those things where you are taking the responsibility for someone else's actions to just have so much compassion with yourself and really try to even just consider it. If it's not a belief yet, just consider that it's not you. And that actually has nothing to do with you. And that was a part when I was really stuck in this victim mentality from my past, which is totally understandable. The idea that it had nothing to do with me felt almost offensive. I was offended by the the concept of it not having to do with me. But now on the other side of this space, it, it actually leads to more compassion It leads to compassion for the other people that are involved, and it leads to that trust and resilient feeling within myself that I am strong and I know who I am. I know who I am and I trust myself, and this didn't have anything to do with me. So if that is you, just just consider it. Make it maybe a once a day, put it on your phone as a reminder that pops up and, and just allow yourself to ponder was this about me or did it actually have nothing to do with me and and notice what comes up what thoughts come up what uh, resistance might come up all of those details are important information for growth Hmm. well Tess you are such a bright light and you know the people in Costa Rica are just going to be standing there with open arms, welcoming you back and just so glad that you're there. So thank you for everything you shared in this episode. I think it's going to help so many listeners and just thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. Well, Lexi, thank you for inviting me back. Thank you for keeping the connection that we've created. And thank you for having this podcast to bring information, even your perspectives and your shares are so valuable. To be part of the exclusive listener group, hit the follow button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to right now. When you follow, you'll be the first to know about new episodes so you can listen before anyone else. You'll also have quick access to the show, making it convenient to find for the next time. For more free content, join me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and online at peaceofmepodcast.com. Peace of Me Podcast.